All right, welcome to the uh, Ocean Water Podcast. I have with me today my good friend, Ryan Latham. I have, um, I wore my uh, Raiders jersey today to remind you of California. 1984, Marcus Allen Super Bowl MVP Raiders jersey, the last time the Raiders won the Super Bowl. From the streets to the beach, bro. All right, we get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> so I've known you, uh, all joking aside, I've known you since 1995. You were a freshman in, I'm sorry, you were a senior at Lacerna High School. And I remember when Chris Legan first brought you to youth group. So I've known you a really long time. Um, I did your and Sarah's wedding. And so it's just an honor to, being your friend all these years, man. Here we are, still kicking, and uh, you have you have um, been in in Oklahoma for ten years now. Nine. Nine. Sorry, I knew it was close. And um, you've been uh, raising your family out there, loving life. Just got a new house, and uh, been a pastor for a really long time, and just a great twenty short years. Twenty short years. So you've learned some lessons from the school of hard knocks: the good, the bad, the ugly. So we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But um, so when you're at home and you can go out and eat, where do you go and what do you get? All right. So if I could choose, it would be 100%, no doubt, in and out for sure. But uh, I'm not in the, in, in the region of in and out The closest in and out to me is about two, uh, about three, three hours. So it's a little bit too far uh, out of my reach. But here, there's two places. One uh, would be Fuzzy's Tacos, uh, Killer Nachos, and then second would be Ted's Mexican Cantina. So uh, those would be the two two spots that I'm jamming. Or uh, if it's just like a quick lunch, I go to this place called El Pollo Chulo. It's like uh, grilled chicken, some rice, killer spot, man, killer. Three, me three Mexican food places. I love it, dude. I, I stick with what I what I like, man. I know, then, man. You, me, me and you both, dude. Yeah. Maria made made um, this chili last night. It's just out of this world, dude. So that's good. Um, so what are you doing these days, and how did you get into it? What are you doing right now? Yeah, that's great. So right now we're doing a lot of uh, staffing and, and resourcing and coaching churches around the nation. So – do that in a couple of different ways. One is staffing through the slingshot group. Uh, so just helping churches in time of transition uh, and then doing coaching and resourcing through a nonprofit that we started to call renewed leadership. So, uh, you know, for example, like we just put out a new resource. Um, it's called uh, how to keep your job and help your pastor in during COVID-19. So just 10 tips on how pastors can help their church. Uh, it's even for even business owners or employees, how they can in the marketplace, you know, Kind of think differently in this season how they can you know make some small sacrifices that would have big impact uh podcasts blogs all that stuff and then you know staff development through workshops conferences things like that and so yeah man just look working with the local church how i got into it is uh man I, i've been a local church pastor for 20 years but um you know i've been a, a leadership guy that whole time so even how i ran my youth ministry 
uh, was always leadership focused, um, John Maxwell coach, you know, whole deal. And so leadership's just my passion. And so I wanted to help the 98% of churches that are under a thousand uh, be resourced um, without the financial uh, strain. Um, and so we started a nonprofit um, and I love networking and helping people connect dots. And so Slingshot was a rad uh, opportunity for me to just help people find jobs and in time of transition. So um, I love what I do. I get to work with lots of churches around the nation and partner. So it's pretty, uh, pretty awesome, man. Well, it certainly runs in your blood, man. A lot of people may not know this about you, but your dad was actually the, the mayor of Santa Fe Springs, Fred. Yeah, man. City yeah. manager, chief, you know, run the, the police department, all kinds of stuff, man. So leadership's been a part of what we do. Uh, yeah. For a long time, man. So it's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. It's been part of, part of your DNA. And uh, that's been cool to see how God's used like, and your mom has had a, has had a counseling practice for, mm -hmm. you know, since, at least since I've known your family, she's, she's amazing as well. So it's really cool. Yeah. When, when we were in, when I was in junior high, my mom went back, got her master's degree and uh, opened up counseling. And now she, she teaches and uh, you know, uh, university of Phoenix. And so, you know, just, teaching leadership development all that stuff has been a big part of uh my growing up you know we always just that public service and teaching has been you know all i've known well you know i've always gotten along great with you and your family part of it is because our our two football teams shared the same state the same stadium for a while the trojans and the raiders so i just want to sneaking yeah. in the plug there for my guys um you gotta fight so, on man fight on fight on dude fight on we're, we're, you know that i'm a real fan because we're in some serious drought days and i'm still 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 fighting on so i'm a true fan man yeah it's never too late to hope that they'll bring pete carroll back but we know that's not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> that's okay uh so so you've been at this for two decades um so one of the reasons why uh, I'm have, starting to have these conversations is so that people can start to get advice and wisdom from people that have learned a lot from the School of Hard Knocks. You have two decades in the bank, leadership experience, uh, pastoral experience. So what are a couple things you wish you knew like when you started out that you like if uh, if current Ryan could talk to younger Ryan, what would he say right now? I would say, uh, you know, I mean, we all know it. I mean, it's, it's, it's not anything new, but, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Um, I would just say, man, we've got to be very intentional about who we um, are around uh, because they shape how we think they shape how, where we're going. Uh, they just shape our life in so, so many ways. And so I would just say that I would remind myself, encourage myself, to really keep your friends close and choose them wisely. Uh, I mean, that's why I've you know fought so hard to be friends with you for so, so many years. And when we lived in different states, you know, I mean, like you just gotta be intentional about who you choose to be around. Um, another thing I would say is slow and steady, man. It's it's a marathon and not a sprint. Uh, you know, pick a pace that's sustainable. Um, over 20 years, I've seen so many uh, friends and leaders rise to the top, you know, blow it and just fall. Um, and so I would say choose a pace that you can sustain 
um, that's uh, sustainable for you. And, and that pace is different. You know, like when I run a marathon, my pace is not going to be in the front page of the newspaper, right? Like that's not my marathon pace. Uh, my marathon pace is, uh, I finished the crop, you know, the line, right? Um, and so that's the goal for me is, is to hear well done, good and faithful servant. Um, you did what you were asked and that's what we've been called to do. The Bible talks about like being obedient to the calling in which you've been given, not to the calling in which that you, you wish you had or the calling that somebody else has, but to be obedient with the calling that God has given you. Um, and so if that's uh, in the local marketplace, then be obedient, be the best boss, leader, whatever it is. If it's a pastor, be the best pastor, best, like be the best of what you've been called to do, your family, your kids, whatever it is. And so I would just say to myself back then is, man, choose a pace that's sustainable. Stay in this for the long haul. Choose who your, your running partners are, you know, that help you set that pace. Don't pick someone that's running too fast. Don't pick someone who's running too slow because you got to run your pace with the people that are going to get you across the finish line. And so my goal in life um, is to hear well done, good and faithful servant. And while I'm here on earth, the plant, good roots uh and, and seeds that take fruit you know that make fruit and so um i want to be able to do things here that remain um and so leaving things that have a legacy it's not just about me it's about leaving a legacy so those probably be the three things pick your friends wisely pick a pace and leave a legacy behind so that'd be the three things i'd probably tell myself i love what you said there about like you know it's it's your race and, and also your pace and i think you know, a lot of the stress that you can create for yourself after you've been a leader for a while is you, you get, you get tempted to, to not run your race and not run your pace. And, um, that could be a whole, a whole message in and of itself about your race, your pace. And it's absolutely true. I'm coming up on, um, I'm at day 363 of, of ocean water. And, uh, the startup year is always, it just is what it is, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. And now that uh, this COVID-19 hit at the kind of the, the last month of our first year, I've done a lot of reevaluating and, and now I'm never been happier, but, but now just settling into a pace that's going to be workable for, uh, for uh, myself and my family and making sure we're really just happy and connected doing all of this. Totally. And For so sure. kind of that's so much, so much wisdom there. Um, you know, how many times have we seen guys just, you know, um, not, not burn not, out, man. Burn burn out. <laughs> yeah. So those are some really wise words there. Um, so what are you, what are you curious about now? I mean, you've been a leader for 20 years. You've been a pastor for 20 years. Um, I know you run all the time and what are you just interested in? What are you interested yeah. in these days? What are yeah, you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a dad of four, so a lot of my interests revolve around my kids' interests, you know. So, uh, but some things I'm curious about right now. I mean, obviously, like right now, yeah. um, I'm just really curious about how um, COVID nineteen is going to impact our new normal because uh, normal is dead. Normal was a blibbler, you know, like destroyed. Right. So what does the new normal look like? And so I think just 
Um, I'm really just kind of thinking through, dreaming through what is what does this look like uh, in the church, you know, in my context, mainly in the church, but uh, even for families, you know, my hope is that um, people don't just go back to overscheduled and overprogrammed and over, 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 but that we have found some um, a pace, right? That's a little bit more sustainable. I, mean, I can't, talk, can't tell you how many friends I've talked to that said, oh my God, I didn't realize uh, that I was so overscheduled until I had to, had to leave it all go. And so uh, I'm just kind of dreaming about that. I'm also, you know, every once in a while, um, you know, Craig Rochelle talks about um, just dreaming about the future, about random things because it helps stretch your imagination. So, I mean, like, what is, what is the future of auto driving, you know, self-driving cars look like? You know what I mean? Like, what will, you know, what does that look like? Um, so every once in a while I just dream about things that are random like that, just to kind of help stretch my imagination. <clears throat> well, I love it. I'm just, I just, one of my favorite questions to ask people is what are they curious about? What are they interested in? There's no right answer. Just it's, but it's important to have um, things that you're curious about things that interest you. It's part of staying sharp. It's part of growing. It's part of, you know, curiosity is a wonderful gift to have. Yeah. It's important that we don't die before we die. So uh, staying curious, staying yeah. uh, in, innovative is, is the key to that, man. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what is, um, what are a few things you you have failed at? Oh gosh. A lot. <laughs> the list is mighty, man. Um, I mean, I, I, I would say this, I mean, it's cliche, but like, I don't really, um, regret. Um, I wish I would do things differently, but I don't regret them because they've made me who I am. Um, but I, I think a couple things when I've looked back at some of the churches that I've let, uh, been a part of, uh, I feel like, uh, I failed a couple of times at being fully in line with the mission and vision and value of my, my leadership. I feel like when I, especially when I was younger in my leadership, I really felt like, um, man, like I knew what was best for my ministry. Um, and I really held on to like my things, um, and felt like, um, I knew what was best. And so I think the older I've gotten and the more I've looked back, I've said, man, like I, I think I failed at really coming in a, in alignment with, with those values of the bigger organization. And I kind of, I kind of created my own path, you know, at, at times, not intentionally necessarily, but just kind of saying, man, like, I'm just gonna go, like, I'm really passionate about this. And it's not necessarily a passion of my, of my senior leadership, but it's a passion of mine. And so I would kind of go in that direction. Um, and so I'd say that was something I failed in. Um, gosh, I mean, I've, I've failed a lot of times in just trying things that are just um, you know, I've tried things and man, I just tanked. Right. Um, I think some of it's been good. Cause I think that, you know, like we talked about in the previous thing is you got to be creative. You got to be trying things. Um, but, uh, I mean, I've, I've failed in some things. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, even like, uh, in the stock market, I've definitely failed a few times, you know, taking some risk in the stock market and, and, uh, failed there a few times, but, um, you know, we're, we're believing we'll recover. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, even like, uh, cycling, uh, you know, so for example, I was doing triathlons, um, and I remember, uh, you know, everyone was like, man, you gotta be clipped in. I'm sure Delamater, you'd even say I gotta be clipped in. Right. 
But when you like go sideways, completely sideways, and you can't get out, and then you're laying in the middle of the street, and you're clamped into your bike, um, you do that once or twice, and you kind of start thinking, maybe clamped in isn't quite for me yet. Maybe you I'm not quite loose, at that level. Loosen your pedals, bro. You maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not quite that that level of cycling yet. So um, yeah. So oh, I've also failed at surfing quite a few times. I mean, gosh, I mean, just getting tanked and just hitting coral, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, that, that's some real things, some fun things I've failed at. I, I, I like what you said about, um, you know, when, when you choose to work for someone, there's the responsibility you have to God. You want to do a great job for God. But then there's also the responsibility that you have to the person that has given you a job. And it's always important that we do a good job for both. And a lot of people don't like to hear that. A lot of people like to hear, well, A, I'm not going to do a good job for God. And B, I'm not going to do a good job for the person either. But it's very important that you learn to do, to do a good job for both. And if you don't like it, then you can just go out and and step up and start your own thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a really big fan of you commit a hundred percent to the place that you're at and you let your success at the last place that you work be defined by the people that used to supervise you. Cause everybody goes out and says, Oh yeah, I'm the greatest thing that ever happened to this place. But ignore all that. Just go, go, talk to the people that used to manage you and used to, and, and, and it's really important that we learn how to, to, uh, to follow well, because when you learn how to follow well, you then, then that's, those are the lessons that you actually need to lead. You don't, you don't learn much. You learn a lot about leading when you're leading, but you learn a lot about, maybe more about leading when you're following. Yeah, I think it's just it's important to realize that you're only stewarding this one area, but you're a part of something that's much bigger than just your one area, right? And, um, you know, we're stewarding somebody else's vision, right? And so if that's your boss in the marketplace, if that's your um, lead pastor at a church, you're just stewarding this one area. Yeah. And so we're a part of something that's bigger and we should be coming in alignment with that. Because, you know, when you've got three or four streams going, that's good. But when those three or four streams come together, you have a whole river. Uh, and a river is much more powerful than streams. And so I would just say if we can bring all of our streams together, we're going to create a big river, which will create much more power and influence than just a bunch of uh, streams by themselves. Yeah, absolutely, man. I love hearing you talk. I know you're, you're so passionate about leadership and finding people like in their sweet spot, finding people. Um, because, you know, we all, we all have a culture. It's something that, that people don't talk much about these days, but we all have a culture and uh, we all have cultural preferences and those are all very beautiful things. You know, um, I, I don't really enjoy big cities. I don't really enjoy the suburbs. I really like small beach towns. That's why, and that's not right or wrong. Those are just my cultural preferences. 
that's why ocean water is such a, a good fit for me because I just eat, drink, and sleep, you know, small beach towns, and I love missions, and I love church planting, and of course, I have a background in public health, and so now I have been able to put these things together, and that's why it's such a, such a fun time in my life that I get to, <clears throat> that I get to pursue the, the kind of the passions that I have, you know, in order to, in order to make a difference, which is really what, what we all want. For sure. We all just want to use the things that, that we really care about to help people. Um, so make a little bit of a right turn here. So what's kind of like your, your understanding of like the water situation in the world these days? Um, man, I mean, you've, you've been a huge part of my education on that, but even just my own travel with missions <laughs> and around the world, um, I mean, water is just such a big, big thing that, that we take for granted, um, and especially clean water, obviously. But um, I, I think my understanding of it is really that it's, it's uh, obviously uh, one of the primary human needs that we've got to have, and we have to have water consistently, otherwise we're not going to live. Um, and I know that it's tough. I mean, in a lot of countries, um, they don't have it. And, and even in America, I mean, we spend so much money purifying, pumping water in and creating water wells and so, or not waters, but, but water lines. And so um, I just know that it's extremely important and it's something that we don't talk about because we, in America, we take it for so granted that we just, you know, we've got our water bottle of choice, you know, we've got water in every area of our, of our house. Um, and so I know that's a huge need. I mean, even, you know, uh, we've talked about doing stuff, you know, in Fiji, um, I've done stuff in Mexico. Um, and so water, water is important. Yeah. You know, human beings have to have water to live. In fact, I'm, I'm sitting in my home in, in San Clemente today because a hundred years ago, William Mulholland worked for the city of Los Angeles and understood that the growth of Los Angeles was going to be contingent upon its abilities to secure its sourcing for water. And so he underwent at that time, a hundred years ago, the largest public works project and, and at, up until that time in U.S. history and went up to the foothills in the Sierra Nevadas and sort of hoodwinked the locals into securing the, the, their source of water and then built a 227 mile aqueduct which to this day still helps transport water to the to this area the the, the history of water and the, the state i'm a water nerd so i can talk about yeah water. my my grandfather was a part of uh bringing you know <clears throat> a lot of the water uh plants and water uh out in the palm desert india area <laughs> And so um, I don't know if we've ever talked about that, but we've got, I got a little, little history of water in my family too, man. Yeah. The, the, the history of water and the, the study of water is, is fascinating. And, and one of the things that I'm just so, you know, passionate about now is, you know, so like in, in Palmercito, there's 38 families that, that we help get access to, to, to water for. And, um, and so what, what is kind of your, your understanding of what ocean water does? Um, what my understanding is one, you know, it's, it's um, providing two of the greatest needs that humans need. 
Uh, one is water for, for our physical life and then water for our spiritual life. So, uh, I mean, those are like two, probably the primary mm-hmm. biggest p- things you could ever put together. You've put them together, uh, which is really unique. Um, and so for me, it's uh, what I, you know, when I look at what you guys are doing, um, it's really providing intimate community around two of the biggest needs um, that anyone needs. Um, and so it's pretty awesome to be able to say, Hey, uh, we're providing living water and living water, <laughs> you know, and, uh, uh, you know, the, the never ending water and then the water from, from the, like, the guy created. And so, uh, pretty awesome to watch just even the ability to like transform water from the ocean into drinking water, um, and then putting a community of faith around that too. And so, but the other thing that I love about it is just the fact that what you guys are doing is so, um, it, it's so um, organic. It's so um, friendly. It's not like we're going to give you this um, if you do this. It's like we want to just provide this for you, and 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 we're a faith community that is supporting this. And so um, I think it's pretty awesome what you guys are doing. Yeah, for a long time, I sort of wondered how God would use uh, just my love for for surfing and my love for the beach, and 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 now looking forward, I can see um, that that the church, I think the church has done a really good job, sort of reaching into some of the um, obviously this this I would say the cities and the suburbs. We have a lot of we have a strong presence in the in the cities and the suburbs globally. And, and, and I just feel like that the, the terrain that I'm excited about is, is the beach and the beach is different than the cities and the suburbs. It's different culturally. The people are different. Um, and, um, so God's kind of been, been using my understanding of, of small coastal beach towns to, uh, as a little cultural way to relate and understand the um, people in that context. And then also, you know, using that cultural understanding to help solve a practical problem, because practically there's, there's a billion person problem. When we, when we talk about water, it's hard to believe. And, and the people that actually need the, the access and the quality are sort of these little forgotten groups. And there are, there are all over the world, there's thousands of these little forgotten groups of people that exist at the coast and they're, they're 20, 40, 50, a hundred families in these areas. And so it's exciting to be able to see how God can use just a love for the beach and, and, and the ocean and seeing how people get their water from the ocean. And, and then also helping us to plant churches where, where they don't have any churches. So it's an exciting time, and it's an exciting time to, to be friends with you. We've been friends since 1996, and our friendship continues. And, and it's, you know, change happens. People ask, how does change happen? Change, how does change happen? Well, it, it's just one conversation at a time. It's, it's one friendship at a time. It's, it's one relationship at a time. And as we, keep, as we keep talking, as we keep having relationships, as we keep having conversations, God uses that to stir our hearts, and then God starts whispering to people and calling people and then and then we can start to see God do amazing things but I, I do want to thank you for for taking time out of your day to talk with me today brother um I look forward at some point 
uh, for us to begin to, to find one of these 108 countries of the world that have a coastline that uh, is on the ocean and, and praying with you and talking with you and planning with you at some point to go and uh, to go um, help start a church in one of these places. So I know we're going to do that together at some point and I hope it's with, uh, I hope it's with our kids. That would be that'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So that'd be awesome, man. Love you, man. you got any last words for us? No, I mean, I just say uh, fight on and um, keep, keep it real, man. But uh, no, thanks for the opportunity to, to come on and just share um, just encourage you guys, man, we, we, uh, are in great days and, uh, God has put you in this place of influence for such a time as this. Uh, if you wanted somebody else to lead your family, if you wanted somebody else to lead your business, if you wanted somebody else to lead your church, he would have chosen somebody else, but he's chosen you. Um, and so God will equip you. God will give you the strength. He'll give you the wisdom. And, um, you know, the Bible is very clear that we will have times of suffering, but uh, in the end, it's going to be good. And so just want to encourage you guys to keep going, keep fighting. And uh, man, I, I'm excited for the future. Thanks, brother. Have a great day, Ryan. You too, man. Okay. Thanks so much. Yeah.